0: How are we doing this beautiful Sunday morning? Are we doing well? That's good. That's good. It is an honor and privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. We are super excited. It is my honor and privilege to get to be with you all today. Super excited for what God has in store. But first things first, I want to give a shout out to all of our Campus is joining us. I also wanna give a shout out to Church Online. I also wanna give a shout out to all of our first time visitors in the house today. Let me just say this right now, whether you're new here, whether you're old here, we are just honored to have you here. You are already loved here at Church Unlimited. We want you guys to know that. Also, can we just take a moment to say our mission statement as a church right now, which is to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period period that's what we are all about here at church unlimited we are a church on mission we are a church with an assignment that's right a church with an assignment i also want to give honor where honor is due to our lead pastors we have two amazing incredible leaders and pastor bill and miss jessica can we give it up for them we are so blessed We are so, so blessed and I don't ever want us to take that leadership for granted. We have amazing leadership in this house. Excited to dive into really something that God has been using in my life and put on my heart that I'm gonna get to share with you guys today. But before we do that, can we just take a moment to pray and ask God to do what only he can do today. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for everything you have done because you have already done more than enough. Sending your son, Jesus, was more than enough. If you did nothing else today, God, it was enough, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done and everything you're going to continue to do. We pray right now that you speak to us each uniquely and individually, just as you always do. And right now in this moment, God, we pray for nothing less than your best. It's in your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. growing up Saturdays, were my favorite day of the week. And Saturdays were my favorite because those are the days that I had the most fun and I also got to eat the most junk. See, there's something my father participated in. It's a form of torture called watching the Aggies every Saturday. That's right, that's right, watching the Aggies. It's okay if you get emotional about it. Um, a lot of Aggie fans have been emotional for a long time, including my father. So. I didn't care who we were watching because I knew that meant he was ordering pizza, all right? Watching college football meant pizza was coming to the house and I was all for some pizza. And I actually have my father's pizza order etched in my brain. I have it memorized to a T. It's a large, thin and crispy jalapeno pepperoni pizza from Pizza Hut. If it was not from Pizza Hut, it was not made with love. It had to be from Pizza Hut. So that was my father's pizza. And then he would also order another pizza for my brother and I and my sister. And it was usually cheese or pepperoni, but I wanted to be like my dad so bad, I wanted to try some of his pizza. But he didn't let me have any of his pizza every time I would try to sneak a slice because he knew something I didn't. And that was the effects of those jalapenos. (laughs) So he would never let me have any slices of his pizza. Well, there was one other thing I knew. And that is that men have eyes bigger than their stomach. And I knew there was no way he was gonna finish that whole pizza by himself. So I knew if I played this right, when everybody else goes to sleep, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go have as much junk food as I want. So I would get up in the middle of the night and I just had a heyday. I would eat as much ice cream as I wanted. I would drink a whole or maybe not a whole half liter. I was rather small at the time of Dr. Pepper. I would eat as much pizza as I wanted. And I had a heyday. But let me tell you this, the next day, I also had a heyday. (laughs) I had to face some repercussions following my decisions. See, I did not know how to manage my food intake. I thought you quite literally ate until you were full. And so I had to deal with what we call a sick day, a sick day. The frustrating thing about sick days is you have to spend a whole day getting better. The frustration of sick days isn't just the fact that you're sick throughout the day, it's also the frustration in knowing there is so much that you could do that day or tomorrow that you never get to do. So you end up spending a whole day, not advancing, but just trying to get back to baseline. We're gonna be opening up today in the book of Luke. We're gonna be opening up today in the book of Luke five, one through six, which says this, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen. This is key here that the Bible mentions two boats who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. We also know Simon as Peter and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets." When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. There's so much to unpack in this scripture. But the thing that is fascinating to me is that the Bible is adamant in mentioning that there were two boats. Because this tells us, had Simon or had Peter denied the assignment that Jesus was tasking him with, he would have simply assigned the assignment to the next boat over assignments, assignments. Today, I wanna preach to you from this subject. I wanna preach to you from No More Sick Days. Today's message is called No More Sick Days. Now, we have a bed on stage today, so you better believe I'm gonna use it. And growing up, I loved loved sick days because to me, man, I milked it. I milked it so hard because a sick day, It's like a vacation day. I would love casually getting sick. Sick days are the best. And the funny thing is, like I said before the story, I had no idea how to monitor myself when it came to eating food. I would just eat until I'm full and I would suffer the repercussions for it later. And anybody who has has not been in this situation before is lying because we've all been that person That little kid, on the toilet, (laughs) praying, God, please take the pain away. God, I promise I won't eat a whole pizza by myself again. I won't eat all the ice cream. God, I'm so sorry. Please take the pain away. And then we start eating healthy foods to try to counteract all the junk we ate. When I was a kid, I would just eat grapes on the toilet. I'm not even joking. Is this gonna make it better, God? Eat grapes, carrots. God, please take it away. Please take away the pain. I promise I won't do it again. And I would beg God to take away my stomach pains because I was too immature to realize that begging God to take away the pain is also begging God to take away the lesson. Begging God to take away the pain is also begging him to take away the lesson. See, God does want to help you and he does want to heal you. He does, but he's also concerned and with more importantly, our ability to be self-disciplined. He does want to help you. He does want to heal you. But what good is it for God to take away the pain if that very pain is what you need to learn a lesson in that season? Also, could it be we're begging God, please take away the pain, God, please take away the pain. And he's thinking, I would love to take away the pain, but this is the first time you've talked to me in months. I would love to take away the pain, but if I were to answer your request and take away the pain, I would be reinforcing a bad habit. And the habit would be that you only depend on me in times of pain. You only depend on me when you need me to do what you want me to do. You only depend on me in your lows and you don't talk to me during the highs. You just talk to me during during your lows and during your seasons of pain. And if I recall correctly, it's Psalm 105 verse four, which says this, seek the Lord and his strength and seek him not just in moments of pain, but it says, seek his presence continually not just in moments of pain. So when we ask God to take away the pain, we don't realize we're asking him to take away a very important lesson. And more importantly than that, we're also, we are also asking him to reinforce an unhealthy habit in which we only have a relationship with Jesus when things go wrong. The other thing we do on sick days, and I don't know about you, but for me, I would try self-medicating. Now, I don't know what your choice is between Tums or Pepto, but I know this. If you're willing to drink Pepto, you are sick. <laughs> you're a sick person. <laughs> For me, it was Tums. I used to pop these like candy. As a matter of fact, last service I ate one. I feel like I gotta do the same thing now. As a matter of fact, anybody's having some stomach issues right now? I got you, if you want some Tums, anybody, anybody? PD, I got you, there you go. Anybody else want some? They're actually kind of good, honestly. I actually have PTSD when it comes to throwing things into the crowd. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna tell you why. See, years ago, this wasn't in my notes, but this is for the people who have been with us for a while. Years ago, my father decided it was a good idea to pass out CDs of guess what? Who remembers this? Shake the Nation. Yeah, Shake the Nation CDs. Our worship team was called Shake the Nation and he was passing out CDs. At the time I was in the crowd and I was next to this girl, this girl that I was trying to spit game at or whatever. And I was like, hey, how funny would it be if somebody got smacked in the face with a CD right now? And right when I said that, boom, I got smacked in the face with one of the CDs. Like a ninja star. And we have not passed anything out like that since. (laughs) To make matters worse, I go backstage. This thing split my head open. The CD, it split my head open. I'm like gushing blood. I run backstage. I see my parents. And you know what my mother says? She says, oh, thank God it happened to you. (laughs) And now you're clapping about it. I was like, thank God? Maybe, you know, it's, it's, a little more, it's a little more fortunate it was you, but are we thanking God for this? <laughs> so I don't know which, which one you prefer, but for me, it was Tums. There's actually a point where um, due to two reasons. One, like I, sh- like I just shared with you, I had no concept of how to manage my, my food intake. Two, I was on a medication that made it hard for me to digest food because I took a certain ADD medication that was, it just made it hard for me. So I started to depend on these with every meal, every single meal that I ate, I would have to pop a couple of Tums after. And there was a point actually at our student camp where I had to bring Tums with me to camp and eat some after every single meal. That's how bad it got. And I actually found myself depending on these, on these things just to be able to eat. Because rather than just omitting the things making me sick, I chose to just up the dose. And we as people, rather than omitting the very thing causing harm to us, rather than omitting the very thing causing sickness in our life, we would rather choose to depend on something else and just up the dose. I have news for you today. I don't know if you're familiar with how Pepto or Tums work. It actually doesn't cure you of your sickness it actually just puts a coating over your stomach that keeps you from feeling the pain. So although you're not feeling the stomach pain anymore, believe me when I say this, you have no idea how much sickness is still floating around. And you have no idea how much damage is happening from all that sugar, all that sodium, and all that processed filler. And you have no idea what that is doing to your heart. And we as people, rather than omitting things, We just run to other things and just up the dose. Oh, I just need to be distracted right now. I just just need a distraction. That's what I need. And we run to something and we up and up the dose. Rather than dismissing what's hurting us, we just up and depend on everything but God. And we up the dose and we up the dose. And you have no idea. I would be lying to you if I told you that it didn't work. It works. It just doesn't heal you. It can make you not feel pain, but it's not gonna heal you. It's not going to cause the real issue. And we have no idea what those one night stands. We have no idea all the bitterness that we hold on to and use to fuel us every single day. When we get up out of bed in the morning, we use anger to fuel us instead of the joy of the Lord. We have no idea how much that toxic relationship that we run back and forth to over and over again. We have no idea that although it's a coating and it can make us feel numb, we have no idea the damage it is doing to our hearts. We run and we self-medicate. But how many of you know that self-medicating, no matter how much you try, doesn't work? It never works. The only thing that works is finding, finding pure joy and healing in the Lord himself. We try self-medicating. We beg God to take away the pain. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, Mason, this is a cute illustration. You got a little bedroom set up here. That's cute and all, but I'm not struggling with making myself sick. I'm actually really good at omitting things that have made me sick before. I'm not struggling with that. Mason, I'm not struggling with relying on other things to get me through the pain I'm currently suffering. I'm not not upping the dose. I'm not self-medicating. I'm not running to everything but God. I'm doing good. Well, I have news for you. Maybe the first half of this message wasn't for you. Maybe you don't struggle with getting sick or making yourself sick. Maybe the struggle that you have is playing sick. Maybe the struggle we have isn't getting ourselves sick. What if your struggle is playing sick? And dare I say playing sick may be worse than being sick. See, for me, I loved playing sick when I was a kid. Cause like I said, I milked it. And I knew a sick day is really a vacation day. And so what I would do is I would get up in the mornings, and I would do some jumping jacks and some push-ups before my mom got up and I'd be in bed all sweaty. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Is this message getting too real, huh? <laughs> We're hitting close to home now. <laughs> I'll be in bed all sweaty and you gotta play into it, you know, be like, uh, I don't feel good. Mom, I, I can't go to school today. I can't, I just, I just can't. And I always played sick on days that I had an important assignment due. I always played sick on days that there was a test. I always played sick when I had homework due or a major project. I always played sick on those days. I timed it perfectly and i would play into it and I would milk it, man. I would milk it so, so good. And then I would wait until I hear my mother leave the house and the garage door close, and I heard her car skirt out of the driveway When I heard that, look around. All right, the coast is clear. And I would make my way over to my favorite gaming unit at the time, which at this time in my life was the PS2, all right? The PlayStation 2, for nostalgic purposes, we have an actual PlayStation 2 on stage with me right now. What do y'all know about that? You don't know gaming until you experience the PlayStation. I would make my way over to the PlayStation. And of course, typical fifth grade fashion. My face is buried in the screen. It doesn't actually make you better at the game. It actually just hurts your eyes. And I'll just be sitting there. I'll just be playing and playing and playing. And these are days that I have an assignment due. These are days that other people in group projects are depending on me. These are days where there's, some, there's an assignment that I'm supposed to turn in, I'm supposed to tend to, but instead I'm just at home playing sick. Isn't amazing the links we will go to to avoid our assignment? Isn't it amazing how we're healthy enough to play games, but we're too sick to tend to the assignment? Isn't it amazing how we're healthy enough to waste God's time, but we're too sick to fulfill the assignment that he's given us. I'm using this phrase assignment because we as Christians love the phrase calling, but we avoid the term assignment. See, calling is the purpose God has given given me, and that is the purpose and the mission of my life. Assignment is the practical, practical steps I take one after another. And that is how I know that I am walking and living in my calling. See, calling is the macro. Assignment is the micro. Assignment is what God wants me to do right now. What is my current assignment? But we as Christians don't like assignment because you know what comes with assignments? Accountability. Because there's always a due date when you are given an assignment. What's an, example, what, what's an example of calling versus assignment, Mason? I'll give you an example of mine. My calling is ministering and pastoring. However, my assignment right now is, church, is here at Church Unlimited in the next generation. Maybe for you, your calling is ministering and helping the sick, but the assignment you have that God is going to use to help you fulfill your calling is nursing. Maybe your calling is reaching those who are the hardest to reach, but your calling or your assignment is being a barber. Fellas, how many of you are willing to admit that your barber is also your therapist? (laughs) And ladies, don't act like a day at the salon isn't a therapy session either. See, there's there's unique callings that we all have and some some of us can reach others that others can't. And for me, the moment someone hears that I'm a pastor, they may tune me out just because they know this is what I do. And they'll assume that I'm sharing the gospel with them or inviting them to church just because it's in my job description. So you can reach people that I can't. And so you better believe that there are some people that I like to call the Trojan horse of culture, where you are able to get past walls that I can't get past. You are able to find yourself in positions to minister to people that other people hear on staff here at Church Unlimited could never minister to. And that's the beauty of it. You are the Trojan horse of culture. And you better believe that God puts you right, God puts you where you are for a reason. You're not just a barber. There are people who need a light in their life right now and you have no idea the impact that you can have. Maybe your calling is presenting God to those who have made money their God. And your assignment is running a successful and ethical business which opens doors for you to witness to those who have made money their God. See, there's calling and there's assignment. See, calling is the big picture. Assignment is, God, what do you want me to do right now? What are the steps you want me to take right now? One assignment after another. The beautiful thing about God is our God does not accept incomplete assignments. He accepts completed and fulfilled assignments. And the beautiful thing about that is after you get one assignment, there's always another. And this is how God keeps us active and keeps us from getting stagnant in our faith that we don't talk about a calling that we never actually act in. Assignment. And we as people, I'll admit, I've been there. I don't like addressing assignment because the moment I start talking about my assignment is the moment that I also have to address accountability to the assignment. And we're thinking, God, I don't, I don't want to step into that assignment just yet. I really love using the term "called" um, because that means I can put it off a little longer. God, I don't, I don't want to step into that assignment. I know you've been telling me that I'm supposed to join a life group. Dare I say, start one? But God, I'm. I'm busy. That sounds like a good excuse. God, I know that you've, you've been telling me to serve for, for years now. And I just always find a way to not serve in your house because I'm, I'm busier than all the people who are currently serving in God's house. God, I know you've, been, you've given me an assignment to reach out to that person that I said I never wanted to speak to again, but I'm gonna go ahead and let the grudge be bigger than your assignment for me. And we don't like assignment because with an assignment comes a due date. With an assignment comes accountability. We love calling, but you can't have calling without fulfilling your assignments. Calling, assignment, calling versus assignment. And sometimes we feel stuck and say, God, what, why do I not have any direction in my life? why do I feel like I'm I'm doing all the right things, but I don't know what to do next? Could it be that he does have another assignment for you? He's just waiting on you to finish the incomplete one. Because after one assignment, you always are assigned another. Calling versus assignment. See, playing sick is fun. It's all fun and games until you eventually end up getting caught. I would play sick and I loved it. Because like I said, a sick day to me was vacation day. And so my mom wised up. And listen, just cause your mom talks to you on a fifth grade level and talks to you like a baby, doesn't mean that her brain operates on a fifth grade level. <laughs> Important lesson here, take that, take that home with you. And my mom got smart and what she would do is she would come home on these days that I would play sick and she would put her hand on the PlayStation. and she would feel to see whether or not it was warm. If the PlayStation was warm, then she knew that I was lying and she knew that I was playing sick. So my mother's logic is if you're really sick, your primary concern should be to get healthy. So my mom took all of the electronics out of my room. She took the TVs out of my room. Anything that could be associated with fun was removed from my room And she said, Mason, if you're really sick, then what we're gonna do is we're just gonna have you be bedridden because you said you're too sick to even go to school. So why would you be healthy enough to play video games, huh? And so I would end up being stuck in the lie that I started. I ended up being trapped in the very lie I started thinking it was gonna give me more freedom. The very thing that I thought was gonna be a fun day turned into me being grounded. And we as people find ourselves giving in to the lies of the enemy. And we partake in the lie. Not only do we partake in it, we feel as though we're too far gone. So now I gotta keep playing sick even though I'm not. Even though the truth is the one thing that could set me free. And the day that I thought was gonna be a day of freedom turned into a day of restraint because I bought into the lies more than I bought into God's promise. And many of us struggle with buying into the lies of the enemy more than we buy into the promises of God. And for a long time in my life, I bought into the lies of the enemy You remember how we were talking about calling and assignment? I knew my calling, but I loved that it was just a calling still. I loved that I wasn't hit with enough conviction yet to act on it, that I wasn't given an assignment just yet, or so I thought. I thought, I have plenty of time. It's one of the biggest lies the enemy tells young people. Because he knows if you keep believing you have plenty of time, then before you know it, you'll look back and most of your life is gone. and all those years you could have been serving the Lord, you're just being distracted by the devil. And, and I, I suffered with this double consciousness for a long time. I knew what I was called to do, but I didn't want to step into what I was called to do. See, I wanted, I wanted to be in the world, but I also was one Mason at at church and I struggled and struggled and I'll never forget the day it all came crashing down because I was not the Mason that was being portrayed. And ultimately it all came crashing down. My father and I had a huge disagreement. I ended up getting kicked out of the house. I'm kicked out. I'm just trying to find places to go. I end up trying to take care of my brother while he finishes high school. He's kicked out as well. So he's staying with me. I'm just working while he's going to school. And I never wanted to see my parents again. I despised them. I wanted nothing to do with them because they were wrong. They were the ones that needed to change. It wasn't me. It wasn't the fact that I was trying to have my cake and eat it too. It wasn't the fact that I presented a lie for so long and then I bought into the lie more than I bought into the promise that God had for me. I'm strugg- I was struggling with resentment. I didn't want to make things right. I didn't feel as though I had to. And I was angry as I was also losing everything. And I had no one to blame but myself, but I found a way to blame everything around me instead. One day I'm finally given this opportunity to go serve at our student camp. And I did not deserve it, but I'm so glad that somebody called me and asked me, if I would wanna go. And I get to go to this camp and it's incredible. I've gone to our student camp every year since sixth grade, since I could start going. And it was incredible. The first night God is moving. I'm seeing, I'm seeing salvations on salvations, kids dedicating their life to Jesus. It's incredible. The next night comes, I see the same thing. I'm just seeing everybody have these moments of surrender and I'm seeing what they have and I'm just like, wow. And the third night comes and God finally gets a hold of me. And I, I'm still angry and I'm, I'm still bitter and I'm still refusing to admit that I'm in the wrong. And that night I'm looking around and listen, I've, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but I believe in Jesus as my savior. I didn't wanna yet make him my Lord. I wanted the blood I wanted the blood of Jesus. I wanna know I'm going to heaven, but I didn't wanna to submit to the authority and the Lordship of Jesus. So I'm looking around this room and I'm seeing these, all these students having this moment of surrender. They're raising their hands as they're worshiping. It's incredible. And I'm just struggling. And I'm sitting there struggling with God and I feel God telling me, Mason, why don't you just do one thing for me? Why don't you just raise your hands? And I, and I don't want to because I, I know the moment the moment I raise my hands, he's gonna ask me to do something else. Because after one assignment, there's, there's always another. I know the moment that I finally relinquish my life to him, I finally surrender. I, I, I've seen it enough times in my life to know that he's gonna ask me to do something else. And so I'm, I'm struggling with God. And finally, I just hear him ask me this question during this time of worship. He's just asked me, Mason, how much longer are you gonna run? How much longer are you gonna avoid the promise that I have for you? How much longer are you gonna buy into the lie that the enemy sold you? And so finally I'm thinking, okay, okay, God, I just throw my hands up to him and I'm having this moment with God. And of course, as I'm panning the room, I don't know why they're there. They're not supposed to be there, but I see my parents in the back of the room. They're supposed to be on vacation, celebrating their anniversary. I don't know why they're there. So I'm feeling this influx of emotions. Uh, am I happy right now? This is an amazing moment, but, or, but I'm also mad and I'm bitter and I don't know what to feel. And in this moment, I just, I feel God tell me, you know, you never made things right. You never made things right. So I'm struggling and and God's telling me to just go back there and finally make things right. Finally make things right. Finally experience the healing that you know you need right now. And I'm struggling, I'm arguing with God. And I remember telling God, God, I would, but you know, I've, I've grown up in this church. I know how many songs we do and we're coming up on the last song. So there's no way I could go back there even if I wanted to God. And sure enough, right after I say that, the worship leader comes out, he goes, all right guys. We're going to do one more song. (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, you win. And I'm struggling and I finally turn around. And as I turn to go to the back of the room, I see my little brother looking at me. And that's when it hit me because I knew I'd been a horrible influence and a bad big brother for too long. And if there's one thing I want him to see, I want him to at least see me admit that I am wrong. I go to the back of the room and I'm just, I grab my parents and I'm hugging them by the neck. I'm just tears just falling down my face. I tell them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a disappointment. I'm sorry for letting you down. I'm sorry for not living up to everything you knew I could be. I'm sorry for making you feel unsafe in your own home. I'm sorry for the ignorance. I'm sorry for letting you down. And I remember my father grabbing me by the shoulders. He just grabbed me by the shoulders. He looked me in my eyes and he said, son, you're not a disappointment. He said, there's nothing you can do to make me not love you. And in that moment, I experienced the healing that I needed because I was willing to make a decision to stop having my cake and and eating it too. I was willing to make a decision to not just want Jesus to be my savior, but to also let Jesus be my Lord. I was willing to stop putting off my assignment I made a decision to say, God, I'm done avoiding your assignment. Today is the day that from now on, I'm gonna chase you, pursue you, and every assignment that comes with it, God, and I'm not looking back. And I wanna know that here at Church Unlimited, we are a church that is willing to say, God, I'm done avoiding the assignment. God, I'm done self-medicating. I'm done playing games to avoid the assignment. I'm done buying into the lies of the enemy. As we get ready to go into this moment of worship church, I wanna know that we are a church that is willing to declare, God, I'm going to step into my assignment. I'm no longer gonna play sick. God, today is the day that I declare no more sick days. Church, I don't know who today's message was for, but I think we can all admit that we've had a couple sick days. We've had some days where God's been very specific on what we're meant to do right now. And we've come up with reasons why and we've avoided the assignment, but we love cherishing the calling that's you today, I just wanna challenge you to stop avoiding the assignment he has for you because beautiful things come from accepting the assignment. There's beauty in the journey. There's beauty in the assignment. It's time to stop looking at it from a distance and calling it a calling. It's time to start acting in the calling. Maybe for you today, it's, it's not playing sick. Maybe you are someone who is sick. Maybe you are someone who's ran to everything and you've tried self-medicating, You try telling yourself, this this is what I need, that this is what's gonna help me, this is what's gonna fix me. Or better yet, this is what's gonna just make me numb enough to not feel it anymore. I got news for you, Jesus is not just the King of Kings, he is also the great physician. And whatever people broke, he can fix it. Whatever people broke, he can fix it. If that's you today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can start one today you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior today. You can find the beauty that there is in the assignment. Cause not only will you get to have a relationship with him, which means an eternity with him in heaven, you also experience restoration and you also get a mission and an assignment for the rest of your days on this side of heaven. If that's you today, if you wanna accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, I wanna encourage everybody across all of our campuses right now, even those joining online, to pray this prayer with me. In Church Unlimited, you know how we roll. I wanna encourage us all to pray this prayer out loud to encourage those who may be shy. If that's you today, you wanna accept Jesus Christ, you wanna start that relationship, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, i realize I need you. I admit I am a sinner. And I believe you came and died for me and rose again three days later. Jesus, I repent of my sins. Jesus, I make you my Lord. Jesus, I make you my savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Right now across all of our campuses, I wanna ask everybody to remain in this moment and to just keep their heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, no one looking around right now, let this be a moment for those who just started a relationship with Jesus. No one looking around right now. If that was you, if you started that relationship today, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I have great news for you. You just made the best decision of your entire life because this, if this decision doesn't just affect your today, it affects your tomorrow because now you get to spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. We are so proud of you. If that's you, I just want you to do one thing for me. I just want you to raise that hand across all of our campuses right now. Raise that hand high. Own it, own this moment. The moment where you say, God, I'm done running. I'm done running, God. Today is the day I accept you. I accept you as my Lord, I accept you as my savior. No one looking around right now, we see hands going up all over this room. We see hands going up over all of our campuses. We see hands up at Rockport. We see hands up at Stone Oak. We see hands up at Rodfield. We see hands going up everywhere right now. Just own it, hold that hand high, own this salvation the same way Jesus came and owned all of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, thank you so much for what you have done today. Father God, thank you for equipping us with the strength we need to walk by faith, God. Thank you that today is the day we can declare it that we are no longer avoiding our assignment. Today is the day we declare no more sick days, God. Thank you so much for your precious son, Jesus.
1: It's in your name we pray. Amen.